Hello. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you will be encouraged and it builds your faith. Thanks for listening. That is more needed now than ever. And the timing of this ministry is, is, uh, couldn't be better for a generation. And so thank you for coming, Jason. Thank you for being here with us today. He'll be in the foyer after the service if you have any questions. And um, I, I, I would love to see all of our fathers take their children, be a part of dad camp. And uh, I know it'll be a great experience for you and for everyone. Well, praise the Lord. Well, if you have your copy of God's Word, if you'll turn to the book of Luke chapter 10, and um, just want to quickly put a, a word in your spirit this morning. The book of Luke chapter 10, we're going to look at a couple passages of Scripture. You know, I did something, uh, I did something really brave this week, actually super brave. For me, on a scale of one to ten, it was like a nine and a half. And, uh, you know, uh, Fridays are usually, uh, are supposed to be our days off. And sometimes I take it, sometimes I don't. And, um, but one thing I did this week, I did something that I'd never done before. You say, well, what'd you do? Did you swim with the sharks? Did you, did you run with the bulls? No, I didn't do anything that daring. Um, but what I did was, is I took my iPhone, and uh, on Friday, um, I took my iPhone, and I went into my settings, and I went into settings, and then I went into notifications, and if, you've, if you ever look on your phone, I went in there, and it gives you a choice. It gives you three choices, actually. Uh, you go into your, into your notifications, and it gives you three choices. It means to have your notifications on always. Or you can have them on, uh, you can unlock them when the phone is unlocked, or you can hit never have your notifications on. And I know a lot of times that uh, in my life, uh, when I'm spending time with the Lord, I always try to have my phone with you. How many of y'all always have your phone with you? And if a notification hits, how many of you does it kill you until you can look at it and see what it is? Um, and sometimes I'm like that because you don't want to miss anything. We, we live in a world we don't want to miss anything. We don't want to miss anything on Facebook. We don't want to miss anything on Instagram. Uh, but I went in this week and, and I've decided that during my time with Jesus that I would put my notifications off and turn my phone off and not get any notifications. And uh, how many know we live in a world of distractions? We live in a world of distractions we live in a world that has a lot of notifications. And uh, we're not the first generation to have to deal uh, in, in humanity that has to deal with distractions. And so the next three weeks leading up to Easter, um, you know, I want to silence the bells, the distractions, the notifications. And I just want to challenge you in the next three weeks leading up through Easter just to take time to draw closer to Jesus. And um, so that you can experience every, everything the resurrection power has for our lives. And, and I, I want to talk this morning, preach this morning, on a passage of Scripture that I've preached on before. It's a challenging passage of Scripture because we, we look at it, um, we can look at it, if I'm not careful, I could get in a lot of trouble this morning but I'm going to try not to. But my question for you this morning is, where are you seated this morning? 
Where are you seated? Where have you been seated? I'm glad you've made it to church this morning. I'm glad you're seated in the house of God. You know, I saw a little survey thing that said one out of three people are good looking. So turn to the person on the right and turn to the person on the left and tell them, say, I must be it. All right. You must be the one this morning. Here in the book of Luke chapter 10, I want to read a few passages of scripture here beginning in verse 38. You're familiar with this passage of scripture. I love the scripture, this scripture. I love all of scripture, matter of fact. And um, when you read scripture sometimes, there's some passages of scripture that you read and you feel in yourself, well, you can't really picture yourself in that moment. You don't see yourself there. But there's other passages of scripture that you read and when you read it, your, thought, your thoughts are, yes, that's for me. I see myself there. I see myself in the middle of that passage. Let's look at these passages. Beginning in verse 38. Now it happened when they went, when they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. This is Jesus. She had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet. And heard his word. But Martha was distracted with with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, God, that you will speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, I know this is a challenging passage of scripture. And we pray, God, that you will pull out truth that encourages us this morning, that strengthens us this morning. And we thank you, God, for your goodness and mercy. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. What I want to do this morning is I want to walk around this story a little bit, and, uh, and I want to put some application to it. And, uh, and I pray that it's your desire to have the desire to always draw closer to Jesus. Scholars tell us that this passage of Scripture, uh, the timing of this story is just weeks, maybe a couple of months even before Jesus is crucified. They believe it's in the fall or late December, around feast season. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And uh, Jesus is looking forward or looking forward as he approaches Jerusalem. And there seems to be this shift in his ministry. Things are beginning to uh, tighten up and he's beginning to head toward Jerusalem. But he comes to a home that he's very familiar with. Matter of fact, he's been there before. Um, uh, these people love him, they recognize him as Savior and Lord, and they welcome him. You know, there's nothing like going to a familiar place or a familiar home or to be in the home that is, that is that where friends are, where it's peaceful, where there's an ease, or where there's a rest. Can you all identify with that? There are people that you know when you go to their home, you know there is a peace there. There is a rest there. You know that it's welcoming. You know that there is an ease. There's something welcoming about being 
in that home. There's nothing like going to a place like that. And, uh, you know, if you've ever walked into a home for the first time, and as a pastor, I've had the opportunity to do that many times, you kind of, you go in and you're kind of like, well, you know, where do I sit? You know, can I walk on the carpet with these shoes? And I'm kind of a big guy, you know? So it's like, where do I sit? Do I sit on that piece of, that's an antique. Should I sit on that or should I not sit on that? Is that safe? That looks like an antique. And uh, I, I pastored a couple years ago. Their name was Bruce and Madge Phillips. And uh, they were an older couple. Bruce was a World War II veteran. And, and Madge, she was just a homemaker. And they lived a few doors down from us. And they were, they were in our church. And occasionally, she would send over about 6 or $7 and tell me with our kids and say, take your wife out for dinner tonight. And uh, of course, you can't get no dinner for six or seven dollars anymore, and you couldn't then. And uh, but they were kind of stuck in the 1940s and 50s in a way. But I remember walking into their house one time, and I sat down in the chair. And when I got up to leave, I pushed up on the chair to get up, and I pulled the arms off. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm holding these two arms with terror was on my face because it looked like it was an antique chair. I don't know if you've had the privilege of that kind of embarrassment, but you should. It's, 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 you know, and, uh, but Bruce just laughed. He said, well, it's, it's broke. I've just not had the chance to fix it. So I was like, I ease a little better, but you could have noticed the horror that was on my face when I got up and had two armchairs in my, in my hands. And, and so, but their home was always peaceful. It was always a place of good company. Uh, she would she would always send canned goods and 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 it was just a place of peace. You felt at home there. You felt home there. And Jesus felt at home at Martha's. He felt at home with this family. He felt at home around this family. I have a question for you. Would Jesus feel at home in your place, at your house? Would Jesus feel at home? And uh, or would he? You know, or would you be? Uh, you know, would he feel, uh, would you feel stressed if Jesus came by? We probably all would, right? Could you imagine Jesus coming by your house to eat and coming by your house to be at your home? And I've been in homes that, are, that have been stressful. I visited a home one time where a father uh, was, was involved in some things he shouldn't have been in, and the wife asked me to come over, and they had a bunch of kids, y'all. They had all kinds of kids. I mean, kids were everywhere. They had about seven and the whole time I was there, there was uh, a couple of these little, they had two little boys and uh, they kept poking me and jumping on me and wrestling with me. And they were Avenger lovers. They loved the Avengers and they called me the abomination. And I thought, I rebuke you in Jesus name. I'm not an abomination, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know Avengers. I don't, I don't know who the abomination is. Evidently, he's a bad guy, and so I got hit with darts, and I got hit, slapped with all kinds of stuff the whole time. I thought, if I could get out of here alive, I'll, be, I'll make it through, and of course, I didn't know who the abomination was. I thought, the only thing I know is what the Bible calls an abomination, so I'm ready to break out oil and pray for some kids, and... <laughs> But they were his friends. 
He's in the family, a home of a family that is an interesting dynamic. There's Martha, who's the oldest in the family. She is the eldest and the oldest sibling. And, um, you know, she's, uh, you know, how many know that the oldest in the family is always the one that has the chip on their shoulder? Right? They think they're the boss. Right? My oldest, my older brother and sisters, they always thought that they were the boss. And I'd always say, you're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. And they slap you around a little bit. You know, but she was the boss. Martha was the boss. And then there was Lazarus. We all know Lazarus. He's not in this particular story, but we know Lazarus is whom Jesus rose from the dead. And then there's the baby who is Mary. She's the baby of the family. And, um, and how many of you folks love the babies of the family, right? It just seems like they get a special portion of mom and dad's love, you know? And, you know, at least they think they're the favorite all the time. But please don't tell them any different because we don't want to disappoint them. But Jesus shows up at the house. And if Jesus shows up at the house, it's a good day, right? They want to hear his words. They want to hear about the miracles that he's done. They want to hear what he has to say. They followed him. And so it's, it's dinner for, they're having dinner for Jesus. And so uh, Jesus is coming over tonight. Man, it's time to open the fridge and see what we got. It's time to break out the best china, the good fork, right? The linen, to break out the linen uh, napkins and put those paper towels in the cupboard for a moment. But to bring out the good stuff. And Martha is going at it. She's, uh, she is, uh, uh, she's in charge. She's like, let's go, let's go. And she's a typical A-type personality. She's got a seven-course meal that's planned. And, and she's got that Shaquilla uh, board out. And she's uh, putting ridges in the carrots and making flowers out of the radishes. And there's honeycomb, praise God. Hallelujah. There's roasted lamb. I already feel hungry. And, and, she's, and all of a sudden, she notices that her sister has left the kitchen and has disappeared and slipped away. Mary has left the kitchen and she has taken the place of a disciple. She's gone in and she has sat at the feet of Jesus. And uh, uh, she's, she's acted like a disciple. Now, it's interesting that there's only disciples sat at the feet of rabbis and teachers. And it's interesting, but, you know, she couldn't resist. She went and she sat down. She left the kitchen. She was, she was sitting uh, beside Jesus. She wanted to hear every word. She wanted to hear truth. She, wanted to, she knew that Jesus was full of love and compassion. And she left the kitchen. And um, she wasn't about... She didn't care whether or not the table got set, whether the forks were ready, whether the meal was prepared. All she wanted to do was sit at the feet of Jesus. She didn't care how things were going to turn out. And uh, uh, all she wanted to do was the feast on the words of Jesus. She's at his feet. She's listening. She's learning. And so we see her, every time we see her in Scripture at other times, it's interesting to me that both times other than this, we see her, she's also at the feet of Jesus. When Lazarus has died and Jesus shows up on the scene, it's Mary that runs and falls on the feet of Jesus. We also see her when Jesus has been invited to a religious gathering 
and she breaks into the room and she begins to anoint his feet with oil and wash his feet with her hair. And so Mary, Mary is, is committed to, the, to be at the feet of Jesus. Three times we see her there. And so there's something in her that's about being close to Jesus. How many know that's a good trait to have is a desire to be close to Jesus? Her physical posture reflects the picture of her heart. She's submitted. She's leaning in. The other duties, the notifications, they can wait. But I'm going to sit right here with Jesus. That was her posture of her heart. She was leaning in. She wanted to be close to him. No other life distractions were going to pull her away from drawing close to Jesus. Listen, this is an hour when we need to be drawing closer and closer to Jesus. This is an hour when the body of Christ, we should be sitting at the feet of Jesus and not allow all the distractions in our lives pull us away from all that is going on and pull us away from sitting at the feet of our Savior. Now, Martha's not doing that. She's got a lot of things going on. She's got to get things done. And uh, see, Martha is someone who finds her identity in the approval of others. She's preparing. She's uh, getting a meal ready. She's, uh, she's, she's making. She's working. And, and she, you know, she, she's not going to pull away from what she's doing. She's not sure if Jesus wants all of this, but I'm going to do it all anyway. She's in the kitchen. She's much distracted. She's like, the bread's got to be made. The salads have got to be made. The brownies have got to be, somebody's got to cook the brownies. She's banging and, and carrying on in the kitchen and, and a whirlwind is going on. And she looks there and she sees Mary sitting she sees her out there sitting next to Jesus and uh, not caring about what's going on in the kitchen. And Martha is getting, you know, I don't know about y'all. I don't know if my mom is watching today. She probably is. But when she would be doing something and everybody else would be doing something else, and she felt like everybody should be cleaning or everybody should be cooking or everybody should be doing something. Uh, you could tell uh, her mood because you'd start hearing things bang and slam and she'd get louder in her voice. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody got a life like that? You know, you hear the pans cracking, you hear the door slamming. I'm the only one that cares about this house around here. I'm the only one that cares about clean bedrooms and clean bathrooms. And I'm the only one that's working to get off. And, and there's this agenda. Martha is getting louder and louder. And so the oven ain't the only thing that's hot in the kitchen. She's banging and carrying on. And she's so loud, she probably could no longer hear, even hear the words of Jesus. And neither can those that are sitting at his feet. She's distracted. The word distracted in this passage means to be drawn away. It means to, it means to be drugged around. Has anybody had things in life that just drug you around? Your circumstances drug you around? 
Your situations drug you around. You feel like life is dragging you, that you're not in control of life, but life's in control of you. Martha here is busy. She's distracted, and, and she begins to think. This is, this is what she begins. All of a sudden, she begins to think. She, she's probably thinking, Mary's sitting in there with Jesus. She goes, I'd like to be in there sitting with Jesus, listening to the miracles and the stories. I like to be sitting beside him. I like to be in the middle there listening to all, but somebody's got to make this succotash. Somebody's got to make the cornbread, right? If I don't do it, it's not going to get done. And so you see this kind of this thing rising up in Mary. And, uh, and, and here I could, just, I could just think how this goes because if I was counseling her in my office, she'd probably be saying, you know, I was in there working and working and Jesus not one time came in there to see if I was okay. He didn't bother to poke his head in. He didn't bother to step in and see if I was doing okay. Nobody cares. I'm doing this all by myself. You ever know anybody that feels that way? Nobody cares. Nobody understands. Nobody understands what I'm dealing with. They don't know the pressure and the stress that I'm in in life. And, and here she has, she's fed up. She's, reached, she's had all she could stand. She couldn't stand no more. So she rolls up in the living room there where Jesus and all the disciples are. And, and, and she rolls up in there and she told Jesus, she said, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care about what is happening here? Do you care that my sister has left to serve, have left me to serve alone? I'm in here all by myself. Nobody else cares. And Jesus, in his gentle, loving, compassionate voice says, Martha, Martha. Full of compassion. Martha. He said, Mary has chose the better part. And I could just hear in those words Jesus' tenderness, but yet he's pointed. And this is a hard scripture because are you saying, Pastor, we shouldn't be serving. We should always be at the feet of Jesus. Or should we, or should we you know, what is the balance there, right? I don't think either one is wrong. I think, I think what Jesus is dealing with here in Martha is understanding the order, our right order and priority. I believe what Jesus is trying to communicate to her. Listen, outward expression of love and serving should always be our first step as a church and as a church people. We should always want to serve. We should always want to give our life to service. But Jesus said the better thing is here is to set at my feet at this moment the outward expression, an outward expression always follows an inward devotion. In other words, my worship, my time with him, my inward devotion, work follows worship. My duty, my, my focus, my devotion all flows out of my devotion to him. Our work and our service should flow out of our devotion. Our serving God should flow out of sitting at the feet of Jesus because it's there through our devotion are we empowered to serve with purpose. 
And here we have Jesus is putting into order what it seems to be a thing of out of order in, in Martha's life. And so we have a lot of things that can distract us in this world. And so there's a lot of things like Mary, she's chosen the good place. What are the, what's the good place? What's the good thing? The good thing is putting Jesus first in our lives. Putting Jesus first in our lives. Our prayer time with him should be first. Our devotion to him should be first. The principles of what scripture teaches us should be first. Our commitment our, in our giving, in our lives, areas of our lives. We are to worship him first. We are to worship and put him first. Mary's getting the good thing. What is she doing? Is she blogging? <laughs> is that the good thing? Is she, is she planning a church? Is she, uh, uh, is, she, is she in a silent retreat? Right? Is she, uh, you know, is she hashtagging something spiritual? Is she TikToking? <laughs> right? Is she, what, is, what is she doing? What is Mary doing? And when we look in the scripture, what we see is we see that she is just sitting. It's not that she's sitting. It's not the fact that she's sitting. It's where she's sitting. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. It's not so much the fact that she's sitting. She's taking advantage of every moment. She understood that Jesus would not be there forever. She's taking, she's taking the opportunity to spend every moment she can with Jesus. The good place is to understand that we should always have our devotion to Jesus come first. That our devotion to Jesus sitting at his feet. And maybe this morning we need to look and see where are we sitting this morning. Maybe we need to look at where we are sitting. And maybe some of us may need to change our seat assignment this morning. Maybe we need to get a better seat. Maybe there needs to begin this process in you, this journey that gets closer to Jesus. Maybe your circumstances have chosen your seat. Maybe your distractions have pulled you away from having the best seat in the house, which is next to Jesus. You've got to come to the place where you say, I'm not going to let others choose my seat for me. I'm not going to get my life caught up in distractions and all the things that are happening in my life. There are so many things that can pull us away from the things of God. Pull us away from the seat of Jesus. But Mary got rid of all the distractions and she made the decision that we, that we need to make, which is to draw closer to Jesus. And I want to share with you just a couple of decisions that we can make to draw closer to Jesus really quickly this morning. Number one, number one, we have to decide that we will be with him. We have to decide that we are going to hang on his words, marvel at his majesty, to make Jesus great again in our lives. Him first in our lives. His words are more important than anything that distracts me. And I'm never going to give my attention to every other notification. 
I'm not going to be pulled away from the primary thing, the good thing, which is sitting at Jesus' feet. And the truth is, some of us do need to draw closer to him. You you do need to get a better seat this morning. Many of us have been distracted by life in the last year. Our lives would be much better if we were a little bit closer to Jesus. If we were a little bit closer to him. If our marriages were closer. If if we were closer, our parenting might be better. Our workplace might be better. Our outlook, our fear... Our worries, what we face together as a people, a nation, a church. There's something about being close to Jesus. When you're close to Jesus, there's a sense of peace and provision when we're close to Jesus. There's, some, there's peace that God wants to bring into some of your lives. There's provision he wants to bring into some of your lives this morning. Everything may not be perfect, but I will be there with him. I'm going to commit to being in the house of God. I'm going to commit to having a seat at my small group. I'm going to commit to Easter Sunday. I'm going to commit to being in God's house. I'm going to be a part of worship. I'm not going to cease and back away from the spiritual in my life in this season. In other words, I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to be with him. I'm going to be closer to him and with him because I know there's a peace and provision he wants to bring to my life. Number two this morning, I will get rid of distractions. I'm going to get rid of distractions. See, there comes a time when you've got to be, you know, when really you kind of got to be pushed out of the kitchen And the kitchen here doesn't represent just the physical kitchen. It could be our jobs. It could be uh, our our homes. It could be uh, our, our kitchens could be anything. Martha just happens to be a homemaker. And that's her distraction. And sometimes we've just got to be pushed out of where we are because what she's doing is, is sometimes it seems like maybe she's doing it because She's doing it because of what others may think of her if she doesn't do it. She's in this place where she's trying to to get the approval of others. It's kind of like, you know, I, I got this is where I get my value in the kingdom is by how I serve and what I do. I'm telling you, your value doesn't come by the affirmation of everybody around you. Your value comes in Christ Jesus. That's where your identity is this morning. She got value in in serving. She got value in working for approval. You know, you all know what it's like. How many many families and how many people, they, they do and they do and they do, and they're so busy taking care of everybody in their family. They're so busy taking care of their kids and their husbands, and they're busy and busy, and they're so distracted by life. There's no time at all for a spiritual life, to find a place closer to Jesus. They've been pulled away and distracted by so many things. And they find that approval. They're like, look, look at these cupcakes I made for the kids' class. I imported the flour from France. There's eight different types of sprinkles on here. I mean, what mother can do that, right? 
Listen, let me tell y'all something. If it was me, I'd just get them some little Debbies. You know what I mean? Throw some ho-hos in there, praise God. Huh? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Some, or some Nutter Butters. Y'all like Nutter Butters? Throw a few boxes of Nutter Butters in there. Free some time up. And for I can't leave the old saints out, throw some moon pies in there, praise God. <laughs> you got to be pushed out of that distractions of life. You got to be pushed out of the place where that is pulling you away from sitting at the feet of Jesus. Listen, I believe the church has been distracted. The body of Christ has been distracted. We've been busy chasing other things, trying to prove to the world that, we're, that we, we want your approval. We want you to like us. How many know Jesus said, because they hated me, they will hate you? We keep trying to find satisfaction in the world. No one is busier than the person that is trying to meet everyone else's expectation. Let me just challenge you this morning and share with you what's important this morning is the approval of heaven, not the approval of men. Desire heaven's approval this morning. Desire heaven's approval. Decide right now, I'm going to rid myself of the distractions that pull my energy away from a faithful walk with God. We're pulled away by drama, right? Y'all, anybody, anybody else's family have drama besides mine? Right? You get pulled away with drama. You get pulled away taking care of everybody else, making sure everybody else is happy. Instead of having the approval of heaven. As a church body, we need to seek the approval of heaven. We get distracted as the body of Christ trying to find approval in the world. And, and the way we do that is we, we compromise conviction in what we believe so that others will like us. Look, I'm glad you're here this morning. And if you're visiting, I'm really glad you're here. But we are who we are. You can't compromise who you are just so that others will like you. We have to build a culture and an atmosphere where people can sit at the feet of Jesus. And 35-minute micro-services does not change the lives of people. We have to create an atmosphere, an environment where people can encounter God, have a touch from God, push them out of the kitchen and, and, and sitting beside Mary or sitting at the feet of Jesus so that they may hear his words and feel his love and hear his compassion so that Jesus can make a difference in their life, that he can bring transformation to their life. We have to make a commitment this morning to get rid of the distractions that are in our life. Number one, I will be with him. you got to choose that this morning. I will be with him. I'm going to be where he is. I'm going to be with him in prayer and devotion. I'm going to be with him in the decisions of my life. I'm going to put him first in what I do and the decisions I make. The thing is, is that most Christians live in the place of practical atheism. They acknowledge God, but they don't allow God to be involved in the day-to-day -day decisions of their life. 
That's all based on human logic. It's all based on what they feel is best to do. Listen, if you have situations in your life that need attending, you need to seek Jesus about them. Hear God's heart for them. And so we come to this place. I want to read a quote to you. It says, and it's my heart this morning. I have decided that I'm not going to let anything that will ultimately mean nothing keep me from everything that will ultimately mean everything. I'm going to read it to you again. I have decided that I'm not going to let anything that will ultimately mean nothing keep me from experiencing what ultimately will mean everything. See, this morning you're either marked by devotion or you're marked by distraction. If I'm marked by devotion, I can have an eternal impact this morning. I can live on mission this morning. I'm not going to let my giving be distracted. I'm not going to let my witnessing be distracted. I'm not going to let my serving be distracted. I'm not going to let the next step in my life be distracted. I'm not going to let my worship even be distracted. Many of us get distracted in our worship. We try to worship and we don't worship because we're distracted by what others may think or what others may say or who we're by or what's going on. I want to make a commitment. I'm going to rid my distractions and I want to experience all that God has for my life. What Mary was doing was not bad. It just was out of order. Number three, I've made a decision I will be with him, number one. Number two, I will get rid of all distractions. Number three, the last thing, you know, it's interesting that in the 30 years of serving God, there's still, I still have this masses of awareness that I need to get closer to Jesus and that I'm not there yet. Anybody else feel that? It doesn't matter how long you serve him. There's always this thing inside of you that tells you you could draw closer, you could be closer. And as Jason talked about, to draw closer as a dad, as a husband, as a friend, as a leader, I will get close. And here's, here's number three. The reason I get close is I will get close so that they can get close. As I get close and the distractions are drawn away, I can become a blessing to others. I get close so that I can help others get close. I get close so that I can draw others to Jesus. So the work that he's doing in my life can be a testimony and be a blessing to someone else. Intimacy with Jesus becomes an open door for others who are hurting and struggling and in pain. It's a pathway to others who are experiencing. It helps others experience Jesus. Being seated at the feet of Jesus, it makes room for someone else. 
I was reading a story of a church that's in Montgomery, Alabama this week. They did something interesting. What they've been doing is, is they've been doing these drive-by lunches for their community. And they have people that are preparing the meals, that work in the grill. There are those that are packing and taking orders for the meals. And then when the people come in the parking lot and park to receive their, their, their meal, there are those that are praying with them. They're praying prayers of salvation with them. They're, they're praying these prayers of salvation. And so there's those that are preparing the food, taking the order, and then there are those that are sharing Jesus with them and praying with them. And, and, and in one day for lunch uh, that they did this, they won 31 people to the Lord just by serving lunch. Just by, just by drawing close to him and out of their devotion became a service. Out of their devotion, as they drew closer to him, they were able to allow others to get close to Jesus. One of the particular stories that they of the testimony was that there was a young girl that had been delivered from addiction and, and drugs, and she went to a car that had pulled up and said, hey, we saw the sign for prayer. They were coming from the casino. They'd been up all night. They said, we saw a sign for prayer, and we thought if anybody needed it, we did. <laughs> so they pulled in to get lunch, and this young lady who had been delivered from addiction, had been delivered and set free. She began to share her testimony. And, and she just began to share with them. And by the time it was over, they were, they, were, they were weeping and giving their hearts to Jesus. They knew something had drawn them in. And it was just a powerful story. And I, I, I could only imagine how powerful her story was. Listen, if you've ever sat in a bad seat in life, and now Jesus has given you a good seat, you have compassion for those that are sitting in a bad seat. You know what it's like to sit in a bad seat. You know what it's like to sit in a seat that is, that is full of anger, or a seat that of bad decisions, or a seat that is full of of, of hopelessness or a seat of being overwhelmed or a seat of deception or a seat of being heartbroken. If you've ever sat in a bad seat and now Jesus has put you in a good seat, you'll have much more compassion for those who sit in a bad seat and want to help those that sit in a bad seat find a good seat this morning. How many here this morning Jesus took you from a bad seat and put you in a good seat. How many, it's your desire to see others find a good seat? Our desire this morning is to draw closer to Jesus. Challenging you to draw closer to Jesus. We need to dedicate our lives to helping people out of those bad seats and into a good seat. All three of those people gave their life to Jesus. And so this morning, I want to challenge you to make the decision that I will be with him. To make the decision that I'm going to remove every distraction, all these distractions in my life. You ever invite people to church, invite people to church, and there's always these distractions in their life that keep them from the house of the Lord? 
I'm just here to tell you this morning, God wants to deal with your distractions. If you'll rid your distractions and find a good seat this morning, you'll experience God in a way you've never experienced him before. Pastor Adam, would you come this morning? And here's the thing, because you found a good seat, because you found a good seat, now you can save a seat. Now you can save a seat. Stand with me if you would this morning. I want to encourage you this morning. I want to challenge you to draw closer. Maybe you're here this morning and you, you have kind of drawn away from Christ and drawn away from God. Maybe you want to make a decision this morning that I'm going to draw closer. I'm going to be like Mary. And I'm going to find a seat at his feet. Every time she saw Jesus, she ended up at his feet. Every time she had an encounter with Jesus, she ended up at his feet. Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, Pastor, I just need to draw closer. I just need to draw closer. I need prayer. I need to draw closer to Jesus. And I want to challenge you to do that. In a way, maybe you've not done it before in a long time. Or may not ever have done it. Maybe you need to rid distractions. Maybe you got distractions that need to be prayed about this morning. Maybe there's some distractions in your life that's keeping you from sitting at the feet of Jesus. You feel like they've pulled you and pulled you and your time with God has been limited. It's, it's forced you, those circumstances have forced you to sit in a bad seat. Maybe you're angry. Maybe, you got, maybe you're overwhelmed with life and you're so distracted you don't even have time to work on your relationship with God. But I want to challenge you this morning. Seek the good thing. Seek the good thing. Thank you for joining us for River Valley Community Church's podcast. If you feel led to give, you can click on the donation link in the description or visit our website at rivervalleymadison.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.